Yes, hallelujah, amen, I like that, that's wonderful. How many of you got it settled long ago? How many of you not so long ago? No? Everybody got it settled a long time ago? Anybody been saved recently? Anybody at all? All right, let's go back five years, been saved five years. All right, all right, some, man, all right. How many have been saved 10 years or more? All right, got a good group there, 15 years or more. All right, that's starting to, all right, you got it settled a long time ago, thank the Lord, amen, and uh, that's uh, a blessing to know Christ as your Savior, and you ought to be, uh, you ought to be excited about salvation, amen, if we can't get excited about His salvation, what He's done for us, uh, I tell you what, we might ought to go back and really search our hearts and ask the Lord to help us to reveal something about us, amen, and uh, I tell you what, I'm excited to be here this morning. And uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity and the privilege, and I want to say a quick word of thank you to uh, your pastor for allowing me the opportunity, and then for all the staff, the staff and the faculty, those that have helped out, and uh, Brother Daniel, thank you for helping, and uh, Brother Jesse, thank you for helping us with the accommodations and all the things, and it's just been a wonderful time already, and looking forward to the time of fellowship, getting to meet one of uh, each of you as uh, best we can, and it is good to have my wife and our family with us, and my wife is uh, Leah in the back with our uh, four children, and I'm delighted that they were able to be with us as well. Uh, this was one of the places that we wanted to bring our family. And uh, I don't get to preach out a lot, but there are uh, several opportunities through the year that uh, the Lord gives me to preach to different places. And uh, oftentimes I'm unable to take them with me. Uh, yet whenever I received the uh, invitation to be with you, uh, I felt that the Lord would have me to bring my family so that they could get to see the ministry and to be a part of what God's doing here. And I want them to be in on uh, the ministry and get to see it. I want them to be able to serve. I want them to have the opportunities to be able to uh, get around people that are like-minded and that love the Lord. And uh, that's, that's our heart. That's our desire. You know, the, the world, uh, they're doing everything they can to uh, target young people. And uh, they're, they're doing a great job, just to be quite honest. And uh, the devil's done a great job at uh, destroying the home, destroying families, and uh, snatching up young people. And uh, I'm just uh, determined by the grace of God to keep my children in the way of truth and to keep them around the right people and uh, not to allow the influences of the world and of the devil to come in and uh, to snatch them away. And uh, there's so many different outside influences, so many, so many uh, places and things that they can be involved in that uh, really bombard our minds on a daily basis. And if you'd be honest, it comes uh, whether, uh, you know, you could stay right here all the time, but uh, the temptations of the devil are still real, and uh, he's still attacking and trying to devour uh, each of us. But I'm thankful that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And uh, he is uh, the one that gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. And uh, boy, I just tell you what, this morning, uh, I hope you're not expecting anything fancy. Uh, I grew up in Arkansas. You can probably tell that by uh, the uh, uh, speech impediment. <laughs> A little bit of a hindrance there, but uh, no, I, I'm thankful for where God has brought me uh, from and where He's brought me to. They used to say that Arkansas was a great state to be from. As long as you're from there, it was good. Amen. 
No, I, I, I'm thankful for uh, all of the heritage that I have and uh, for my grandparents and uh, how God worked in uh, their lives and then passing that down to us. And I'm thankful for where I was born and raised. And um, I know there are a lot, of, uh, a lot of things that get jokingly, and I joke about it myself and have a good time, but uh, I'm thankful for it. Uh, but uh, again, uh, what you see is what you get. And I can't change uh, who I am, but uh, God is in the process of changing all of us uh, into His image. And that's what, uh, that's what I'm interested in. Sometimes I may have more of a southern accent. Uh, and I went to college in California, and that seemed to go away while I was there. And then I moved back to Arkansas, and it was back just like that. And uh, now I'm in Kansas, and I don't know where I'm supposed to be. And uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to talk like. Uh, I'm just stuck in the middle. But uh, I'm thankful uh, to be there, thankful that God called me to the state of Kansas uh, a little over uh, seven and a half years ago. In fact, May will be there uh, eight years. Started the church in September 2011. And God has just done some amazing things. And some of the amazing things that God has done are the things that a lot of preachers don't want to talk about. And maybe if the Lord would give me liberty, um, I'd like to be a help to you. Maybe tomorrow uh, we'd have a little more time to develop some of that. Um, but uh, I believe there's a, uh, a little bit of a, a, I know what you would call it uh, necessarily, uh, maybe a misconception about church planting. Um, there's a little bit of a hype somewhat of church planting, and I think that it's wonderful. I think you ought to be excited about going to a place that God's called you and doing a work for God. Um, but I'm going to tell you, you better understand uh, up front that, uh, that, that God's called you there because there's going to be adversaries and uh, there's going to be obstacles. And uh, I think there was a, a couple years into it, uh, I remember facing some extreme opposition and some trials in my life and in the ministry. And uh, I thought to myself, this is not what I signed up for in Bible college. This they did not teach me in Bible college. Now, you're getting a good education. I'm not against the education. I'm not against the training. You certainly need that. Uh, but uh, what God's going to do, what you think God's doing to you, God's wanting to do something in you and through you. And uh, there'll be a lot of things that you might file away. You may not understand it all right now, but one day getting out there, being in the ministry, you'll think, oh yeah, there was this strange Kansas preacher that came through and told us to remember some things. And whenever God allows those things to happen in your life, you'll recognize and you'll say, oh, this is what he was talking about. And uh, I can tell you a lot of the things that uh, people do to you or say to you, they don't feel very nice and they don't feel good. If you're living on just an emotion and you're just going on the hype of, uh, of an adrenaline or an emotion of going out to start a church and do something and hey, I'm all for positive thinking and I'm all for being, I I'm a pretty positive person myself, but uh, just encouraging you today uh, in that matter. I, I want to be real honest with you and real candid if I can, uh, and uh, I'm not going to hide anything. Uh, I understand that sometimes uh, we can't just, we don't have the time to discuss all of it uh, and things, but I want to be real honest and give you some of, the, uh, some of the things that maybe aren't the nicer things of ministry, the things that, you know, aren't promoted. You know, what happens when the church goes down instead of going up? What do you do then? 
You'll find out real quick if you're there for God or if you're there for yourself. Find out real fast when God starts to peel the layers away from you and starts to take things out of your life and starts to strip everything but Christ left in you. You don't really find out what you're made of. Are you there for God? If God, if God decides to take everything from you, are you going to stay faithful to God? What if God takes your family? What if God takes everything down? I remember thinking specifically at one point, what, God, if, if you take this thing all the way back down, we've labored, we've worked, we were averaging about 120 uh, or so into the fourth year of the church. God had just grown it and blessed it. And really, I'm not sure that He didn't grow it too fast for me. I couldn't quite handle all of it. And I remember thinking, God, if you take this down uh, to 50, I'll stay. If you take it down to five, just me and my family, I'll stay for you. And about six months later, that became a reality. And God asked me that question again. He said, now this is what you said. Are you willing to keep your word? And I'll be honest, I had a hard time with that. Because I can say something, and you can say something to God, and then whenever it comes down to us, that's a little, it's, it's a little harder. Knowing it in theory is one thing. Well, that could happen, but God, I don't think you're going to let this happen. It wasn't a lack of faith. It wasn't a lack of living right. It wasn't a lack of anything. It was a failure of no uh, body. It was the fact that God was doing a work to me to bring me to a place where I understood it's not about me. And the one thing that I want to uh, help us with today, myself included, uh, is that uh, this is not about me. This is not about my ministry. It, it's the Lord's. And uh, it, it just, I, I'm just a tool. I'm just a vessel. It has very little to do with me except for my yieldedness to God. It has everything to do with Him. And uh, these are things that uh, God has taught me and is teaching our church. And I'm telling you, the spirit of the church and uh, the, the, the growth in spiritual depth has been, in my understanding and estimation, off the charts. Now, you're not going to find this in the, in the highlights of a lot of different articles and magazines. And this is the top 20, you know, church planners and all the different, you're not going to find that. But what you'll find is there are a group of people that are becoming what I believe God wants them to be. And God is building His church. And I hope to be a help to you, to, to help you to understand God will always build His church. And He'll build it with or without you. And He doesn't have to build it how you think He's going to build it. And you can use your, you can employ your fancy ideas and all your tactics and all your gimmicks and tricks and try to build a crowd. But at the end of the day, who's there for God? Uh, who's really His? Uh, I'm telling you, God's going to build a work. I'd much rather see God build people than just to build the, a big assembly. Now, I, I'm, I'll be honest, uh, who wouldn't rather preach to a full house than an empty house, right? I mean, as a preacher, you want people to be there. But at the same time, we have to recognize what God is doing in the hearts and lives of people. And um, 
Those are some of the things that we've been through. Now, I, I hope to be a help to you more so in that way tomorrow. I want to just share a few verses of Scripture today that the Lord uh, laid on my heart this morning as I uh, prayed and, and uh, begged God for His uh, direction this morning. I had several other thoughts on my heart and uh, I, I could not get peace about any of them. And uh, I said, all right, I've got to get back into prayer. I went back on my face before God and began to pray and call out to God. And the next thing I knew, I was saying, oh no, not that. That was not what I wanted to preach. By the way, I believe it will be a help, but what I'm trying to say to you this morning, it's not about me, it's not in the, it's not in the ability, it's not in the outline. What, what I'm going to share with you is not something that's going to promote me. And if I could just be real candid, we're, we're good at that. We are really good at performing well. No, People don't see the flaws and imperfections and all the things. I could give you a three-point outline with poem and all the different things. I, I, I have done that before. The problem is, is that I can do that. Are you with me? I can do that. Now, I'm not sure God's interested in what I can do. So this morning, I'll have no, no outline necessarily that will be not alliterated personally. I love alliteration. I, I preach majority of the time at, my, at our church. And I alliterate things. I love it. I, it just helps me. But I didn't bring that this morning. I'm going to bring you what the Lord gave me just a few days ago in study. And uh, I brought this just to our church a few days ago. And uh, it was the farthest thing from my mind to preach up here. I thought there was some other messages that I thought God wanted, and uh, this morning this is where the Lord directed me. So for the next few moments, I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of Ephesians in chapter 4, and I'm going to ask you to stand one more time if you're able to for the reading of the Word of God. And then I'm going to ask you to pray. A lot of, uh, a lot of times preachers use, um, you know, maybe stories or maybe a joke or two to kind of help calm their nerves. I'll tell you something that helps me, and it, it helps me regularly, and that's prayer um, that will, will help us. And uh, so we're going to have just a pause for a moment, and I'm going to ask you to pray, and I'm going to ask you to pray for me, that God would give me uh, the wisdom to say exactly what He once said and exactly how He wants it said. And uh, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to promote myself. I don't want to please myself. Uh, I want to please the Lord, and I believe the Lord would be honored and glorified if we just prayed and said, Lord, we're here for you. And uh, will that be all right this morning? Everybody be willing to go that route and to just say, Lord, we're here for you, and uh, we want you to speak, we want you to work. I know you do, but sometimes we've got to get, just get out of that element, out of that box for a little while, and uh, just allow God to have the liberty in our own hearts and our lives. So if you would, follow along reading with me, Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I want to preach this morning with the Lord's help how to walk worthy of your calling. How to walk worthy of your calling. Let's bow together for prayer. I'm going to just give you a few moments of silence, if you would. Just spend some time quietly while you stand and ask the Lord for His help, and then I'll lead us in prayer, and then you can be seated.
Oh, Father in heaven, God, I need you today. Lord, I admit that I am helpless and hopeless apart from you. I have nothing that will help anybody today apart from your word and your spirit. Lord, I recognize that there's nothing good in my flesh. It is sinful, it is wicked. I ask you, God, that you would cleanse my heart. You cleanse my mind, cleanse my mouth, cleanse my movements and my motives. Lord, that I would be completely yours this morning, this day, to deliver thy message that you desire for each of thy people today. Lord, without you, we are nothing. But Lord, with you, we have all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Lord, I'm thankful this morning for the grace of God, the wonderful grace of Jesus. Lord, reaching to all the lost. Thank you, God, for your eternal salvation that you so freely gave. Lord, that I have been redeemed and washed in the blood this morning. Lord, I have atonement and access with the Father, with you, O oh God, that, Lord, we can bring our requests and our petitions before you. Lord, how I thank you for that this day. Now, Lord, I pray for each and every one that's assembled in this room. Lord, at this very moment, Lord, for this very cause, I pray, Lord God, that you would guide and direct in every heart, Lord, that which you would desire, and help us not to be hearers of the word, but become doers of the word, and allow you to work through us. The Lord, we'll thank you and praise you and give you all the glory for everything that's said and done in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. How can we walk worthy of the calling that uh, God has placed upon our lives? In Ephesians 4, verse number 1, the Apostle Paul says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Uh, if we could say it this way, that vocation there is that uh, specific calling that God has called us to uh, in this Christian life. And so it is for every believer. The uh, book of Ephesians written to uh, the church at Ephesus. And uh, here he was writing to Christians, to the believers, the saved that were in the church. And I'm glad to know that uh, the day that I got saved, God called me unto himself. Aren't you thankful for that? He calls us out of the world and he calls us to himself. And every child of God has been called with a heavenly calling. And I understand God places a call upon a man's life to preach or to go to a certain place, uh, either to maybe plant a church or go to a mission field. And there are certain uh, aspects of that calling. But uh, just for a few moments today, how can
can we all as children of God, as the body of Christ, walk worthy of the calling that he placed upon our lives in Christ Jesus? And I want us to see just a few simple truths uh, that are outlined for us in this text. Uh, I want you to see, first of all, how that we can do this. Notice the word. Verse number two. With all, what's the next word? Lowliness. It's interesting that the Apostle Paul begins with, uh, right off the bat, with telling us how that we can walk worthy unto all pleasing uh, of God, uh, that we start off with lowliness. Um, another word that we could uh, put in there would be humility or humility of mind. Whenever I looked in the uh, Webster's 1828, the dictionary there, uh, Webster said this, I thought it was very good. The definition of lowliness means freedom from pride. The number one obstacle that will keep you from walking worthy is you. It's not the devil. It's not the world. It's you. The greatest enemy of myself is me. I'm my worst enemy. This flesh that I live in, uh, I battle it every single day. You know the struggle that exists. And the Bible tells us in several places for us not to value ourselves more than we ought to. In fact, uh, Romans chapter 3, Galatians chapter, or Romans chapter 12 verse 3, Galatians 6 3, Philippians 2 3. Interesting uh, that all of those land on the third verse in the chapter. I'm not sure the significance of all that yet, but I saw that this morning. There's a series of threes. And uh, there is a significance of Bible numbers. You do believe that, don't you? Uh, but I want you to look at it, if you will, just quickly. Romans chapter 12. And I want you to see Scripture today. Uh, again, this is not my message. This is not my sermon. Uh, I want to give you the Scripture that God has given me this day. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And here he described for us in Ephesians that we would walk worthy. Uh, how can we do this? By not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Uh, let me just say it's real easy for us in the ministry to begin to think of ourselves more highly than we should. We start to look around us and we begin automatically in our minds to uh, make some comparisons. And we say, well, I'm not as bad as, uh-oh, I didn't do it like they did. It's not quite as severe as, are you with me? Now, I'll preach a lot faster if I get a little more uh, participation, all right? We'll speed this thing up real quick if you'll do some head nods, if, you'll, if you're with me, all right? But uh, we might go a little bit longer if, I'm just, if we're just sitting, all right? I know that you're thinking with me, uh, but I want you to think and be engaged, all right? That'll help me to know uh, where everybody is today, all right? But it's real easy for us to get to that place where we're not living, in the, even in the ministry, say, preacher, don't you know uh, we're training for the ministry, we're serving in the ministry. We're involved in a great ministry. Yes, I know. That's the problem. That's the problem. We get in all that and we begin to think that we're something. Boy, God sure is using me. God's got a good one here. Woo 
Look how good I am. Look how good I can. I'm just going to run through these things because these are things that we battle. Look how well I can sing. Look how well I can perform. Look how well I can knock on doors. Look how, look at all the things that I can do. Can I ask you, is that, is that the humility of Christ? Christ didn't come to seek his own. It wasn't about him. He said, I came to do the will of the Father. The will of him that sent me. I'm not even doing my own thing. He was completely submitted to the will of God, to this Father. And then I think of Galatians in chapter 6. Notice this one real quick. Galatians 6 and verse 3, For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Boy, how many times I have thought myself to be something, when in reality, I am nothing. I can do nothing without Christ. But it's real easy for us to really start to build ourselves up. You say, that's not, that's not the way I say I don't talk like that. I don't tell people how good I am. Did you know you don't even have to say all that? It just kind of comes out. And what you think in your mind, this is everything, the lowliness, this is the freedom from pride, this is a mental thing. This is an issue of the heart of uh, mankind that deals with the pride, uh, which is uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, uh, problem that exists in the life of every individual, every believer. It doesn't matter, saved. This is a problem of humanity. But if there's one place that it ought to be modeled, it ought to be in the Christian life. If there's one place it ought to be modeled, it ought to be in the church. As believers, we ought to live with this mind. But I'm going to tell you, uh, young men, you go out and you start serving God and you get a position and you start working on staff or you plant a church and people begin to praise you and say, boy, they're doing a good job. Well, it's real easy to get out of that lowliness of mind and start to think, yeah, that's right. Boy, the church ought to give me a raise. The church ought to do this for me. Yeah. Don't they know who they have? Don't they know that they've got my family sings? Don't they know that we serve? Don't they know all these different things? Hello. Anybody home today? It's serious. And this is not something that I have had to make up to bring a message today. It's just pretty simple in the Scriptures. I mean, it's just right there. And it stares us in the face every day. And yet, we can push that aside. Oh, I'm, I've got that one covered. I'm okay. I hear that so often. I'm sure your pastor and the, those that are on the pastoral staff hear that all the time. People say, I'm okay, preacher. I'm okay. We are not okay. We've never been okay. We have pride in here. And that will destroy us. This humility of mind, Philippians 2, 3. Flip over there real quickly. Philippians 2, 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in, what's the next word? Lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. You know what I believe with all my heart for a long time, and I wish I could tell you 
that it wasn't true. And I wish I could tell you that I was a really uh, humble person. I really wish I could. But I believe too often in my own life and times past, even up to the present, there's been a false sense of humility. We act as if we're humble. We can, we can bow. We can, we can be gracious. We can say some things. We can make that. But on the inside, for God, if God were to peel that, open that curtain and be able to see, by the way, He doesn't have to do that. He does see. But if He allowed everybody else to see, there's so much ugliness and wickedness on the inside on our hearts, we wouldn't want anybody to know. The problem is, is that we don't act in the lowliness of mind. We, we think of ourselves to be good. Can, can I just tell you, I'm thankful that you're at Bible college, but if you're not careful, you're going to say, oh, I'm in Bible college. And I don't know how many of you came from another a neighboring city or state. You know, I don't know how many are from here, but wh wherever you go back to your church, it's easy to go back and have an arrogant spirit. It's just easy because you've been in a place where you're, you're doing right, you're loving God, you're hearing preaching, you're doing ministry, and then you go out and it's like, yeah, I've learned a lot. I'm pretty good. You know, after graduation, um, you know, a lot of that's what preachers joke about because a lot of it, that's so true. You know, ask me about a lot of things. I, I had all the answers out of Bible college. Ask me now. I have no idea. It seems like the more that I know about God and the more that I study, the more that I learn, the less I really know. And I believe God wants us to get to that point. I believe Paul was helping the church in Ephesians. He was helping all of us, really. If you're going to walk unto pleasing God, worthy of the vocation which He's called you in Christ Jesus to walk, that's the Christian life. If we're going to walk uh, in uh, honor of Him and pleasing Him, then it begins with the mind of Christ. If he, or Philippians 2, verse 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Are you walking in lowliness of mind? This lowliness, and I'm going to mention these others. I know the time uh, this morning, but I'll mention these. I may not spend as much time on them. I feel like this is where God's having us to spend some time. But this is who we are in our minds, who we think we are, what we think we deserve. And I just remind you this morning, you all know this, we are nothing and we deserve nothing. You do realize because of the grace of God you're not getting what you deserve? Because we deserve to be in hell today. We deserve to be in the lake of fire. It's by the good grace of God that I'm still breathing His air. That He's keeping me alive and He's allowed me to be here today and to be in the ministry. It's a privilege by Almighty God, by His grace that I'm even here today. Who am I? I'm nothing. But I am thankful for His grace in my life. I am thankful for uh, His working and what He's making me to be. And I am becoming who I already am in Christ Jesus. Positionally, I'm already there. I'm seated in the heavenlies. Hey, I'm sanctified. But this flesh still has a hard time knowing that. 
I'm still working at becoming who I already am in Christ Jesus. Not I, but Christ, Paul said, Galatians 2, 20. I am crucified with Christ, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. It's not about us. It's about the Lord. Having His will and His way. And tomorrow, if the Lord will help us, I'd like to get into some of that of what He allows in our lives. Some of the processes that He takes us through. And we think, Lord, what are you doing to me? I believe God's just saying, I'm just trying to get rid of you so that I can be in you. God's got to do a lot of working in us before He can work through us. There's got to be some things that are removed. He's got to purge out some things. He's got to, he's got to do a work in us. And I bless the Lord for it today. Well, let me, let me mention these real briefly here. Second word there is the word meekness. Let me just say quickly, meekness is not weakness. I'm sure you've heard that. A lot of people paint the image or picture of Christ, and we have that in our minds of a, you know, flimsy, weak image of Christ. And yet we know that Christ was a a man's man. He was in the, worked in the car, worked with his hands, worked in the carpenter's shop. He was a, a strong individual. It wasn't this weak type of personality. Yet the Lord Jesus Christ embodied this principle of meekness. You say, what is meekness? Let me just give you a simple definition. Strength under control. By the way, this is something that's, that's real interesting to me as I've, I've studied. Why are we trying to be so strong? Why are we always trying to be so strong? You've got to be so strong. Be strong, be strong. Um, let's see, I think Ephesians says, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I think Paul told Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Why are we trying to be so strong in the flesh? Because it's easier. I can, do th I can do some things. I can figure some things out. And when it comes down to just old-fashioned hard work, uh, I can do that. But prayer, study, getting immersed in the Word of God and allowing God to work through me, that's a whole other realm. And I know you understand about prayer and study, and that's, that's been a... Uh, prominent topic around here and I thank the Lord for that. But I'm going to tell you prayer still takes work. It's hard to enter into that prayer closet, isn't it? In fact, I heard a quote the other day I thought it was, it was a great, great help to me. One of the secrets of prayer is secret prayer. One of the secrets to prayer is secret prayer. Sometimes it's easier to pray together in a group. I mean, let's just be honest, it's easier. We gather today to say, hey, let's pray. All right, let's pray. I, I, I'll go, on, go out on a limb. I can say, you know, hey, can we just meet? Can I meet you young men up here? I'd like to just pray. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd assume everybody would. We'd like to pray together, right? I mean, Christians love praying together. 
But what about when you go back to your dorm room? What about when you go home? What about different times? What about that constant time of just spending time with God when there isn't a sermon to prepare for? When there isn't a music recital or a service to get ready for? What about that? Are we getting alone with God in prayer now? This matter of meekness comes out with uh, the idea here of softness of temper, mildness, gentleness, especially under injuries and provocations. When people provoke you, how do you respond? Let me just tell you how Christ responded. When He was accused falsely, when they reviled Him, guess what He did? He reviled not again, but He responded with meekness. Meekness is not weakness, it's strength under control. If anybody had strength, it was the Lord Jesus, didn't He? Just one word and they could have all been dead. But He embodied that force. Then number three, long-suffering. This is bearing the injuries or the provocation of others for a long time. Boy, there's been so many times when I thought, Lord, enough. When is this going to go away? When are these people going to stop? When is this going to end? How long did they accuse Christ? How, How much has He endured? Let me ask you this. Has Christ ever had to endure some of your nonsense? Sure He has. Then what about a fellow brother or sister in Christ? What about someone else that doesn't know Christ, but they have attacked us? What do we, what do, we do? How do we handle that? Well, if you're going to walk worthy of the vocation which God's called you to, it's going to be with lowliness of mind. It's going to be through meekness. It's going to be through long-suffering and then through forbearance. Forbearing the command, the command of temper or the restraint of passions. People criticize. People get skeptical. They begin to criticize you. Again, we're good. Strength in numbers, and we need the body of Christ. We need the assembly. I believe that stronger than ever. Uh, People skip church, the assembly, more than for any, I mean, any little reason they, they miss. But what about when we're not around the body of Christ, when we're not with one another and someone accuses us. How long do you put up with that? Oh, not very long. My temper's raged and I just, I let them have it. Pretty easy for us in the flesh to do. I don't even have to know your personality to know somebody starts attacking you or your family. It hurts and it starts to bring about some negative emotions. You, you can't say that. You're not allowed to say that. And we'll start saying things in return. Or we'll start to, where's the restraint of passion? The delay of resentment or punishment. A ceasing or restraining from action. It's okay. You say what you want. It's not going to offend me. There's going to have to be some of that in the ministry. Especially, I understand in Christianity but also in the ministry. Wherever you find yourself, whether it be here, whether it be outside these walls, whether it be in other churches, other places, you're going to face that. 
And there will be people that do not like you and your family and they don't like what you stand for and there will be people in the church that don't like how that you sing and how that you serve and they won't like certain things and they'll criticize you and you have to remember am I, am I really walking worthy of my vocation which God has called me to if I'm not lowly in mind and meek and kind if I'm not Enduring some things cheerfully. In fact, long-suffering, I, I think this definition, cheerful endurance. Sometimes people bear things, but they don't like it. Now, I don't necessarily like it, but there is joy in it. There ought to be cheerful endurance. They're not taking my joy. If I allow that to change me, I gave my joy away. They didn't. Because I have Christ. And so I just, want to, I just want to leave you with that this morning. I hope it's been a blessing and a help to your heart and uh, encourage you to spend some time with the Lord. Ask God, to, ask God just to search your own heart. Lord, in fact, it'd be good if all of us were to just ask God today. Uh, this, is, this is the way I want to end it. I'll turn it over. And uh, would you be willing to ask God today, God, am I walking worthy of the calling that you placed on my life? Let's just ask God. Let's be honest. And be okay if God says, you know, you're not quite as lowly as I want you to be. You're not quite as meek. Because God does speak to us in those ways. And let's be receptive to it and allow Him to have His will in His way. Thank you for listening. Thank you uh, for your kindness today. Can we have a word of prayer and then I'll turn it over. Lord, I love you. Thank you, God, for this time that you've given